When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the 1865 match report. Well, it finished 2-0 to Manchester United on the night. 5-0 on aggregate as Forest's Carabao Cup run came to an end in the semi-finals. The second leg at Old Trafford in many ways was a foregone conclusion after what happened in the first leg. Forrest, of course, going into it three goals down. On the night, United added two more goals to make it 5-0 on aggregate and seal their passage into the final. Again, Forrest saw a lack of cutting edge cost them on the night, certainly in terms of getting on the score sheet. But on the whole, Forrest gave a decent account of themselves, even if they just fell short. It's Stephen here, and I've got Adam with me to look back on the game. Adam was at Old Trafford as well. So first of all, Adam, before we get into the team news and everything, what was the mood like going up to Manchester and and at Old Trafford itself? The game certainly suffered from the fact that the tie was over. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Forest fans going up with good spirits, saying stuff like, "Ah, oh, we're going to win three 0 and take penalties and all that sort of stuff." But obviously, realistically, we knew that wasn't going to happen. Uh, we knew that we were going up there, you know, to experience, you know, playing away at Old Trafford in a cup semi final, which is obviously something that, you know, cup semi final for me, you know, someone of my age, it's not. It's not something you get every day. So I wanted to make sure that I went to the home and away leg and absolutely saved every minute of it. So, yeah, it, it was one of those. I mean, the atmosphere from the home fans was, to put it fairly bluntly, awful. Um, <laughs> you could have you could have heard a pin drop inside Old Trafford. They had one section of fans, about 100 fans, that made a bit of noise. And the rest of the fans and the rest of the stadium was, you know, fairly silent. Um, but to be fair to them, if I'm going to give them some sort of excuse on that, they're already 3-0 up. Like, they've put out a weaker side in itself. You know, I, I don't really... I, I'm not to say that you have to get excited about something, but don't think they really had a lot to get excited about on the night, to be honest. Going into 
the Forest team news then. So none of Forest's deadline day signings featured. Of course, they joined a bit too late to be involved. Steve Cooper made four changes from the first leg, a team of Wayne Hennessy in goal, Nico Williams, Willie Bolly, Scott McKenna and Renan Lodi across the back four. Initially, a 4-2-3-1 with Oral Mangala and Remo Freuler sitting. Gustavo Scarpa, Brennan Johnson and Jesse Lingard ahead of them and Sam Surridge up top. But in the warm-up, Jesse Lingard picked up an injury. Looks like it's an Achilles issue. And he was replaced in the starting eleven by Emmanuel Dennis. And I don't know what's happening with our injury record at the minute, Adam, but it's it's not great, is it? Another one down and significantly with Gibbs White being out, we were hoping maybe Lingard could fill in in that number 10 position. And now it looks like he's going to be out for a bit more time. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, look, Scarpa last night, I think was outstanding. But, you know, when you're talking that sort of number 10 position or that kind of floating 10 that we sort of play, um, I don't want to see Scarpa there. I, I'd rather see him in the midfield three because I think he's got so much tenacity. He actually can win the ball back. He's a really good tackler. So Lingard, I, I really thought this could be his chance to get a run in the team. You know, I don't know how long Gibbs White's out for. Um, I mean, knowing Steve Cooper, he could be back for Sunday. But um, look, I, I, it's frustrating with Lingard. And I think that we all know, and you all, you guys all know, I love Jesse Lingard. And when we signed him, I was really excited. I was really happy. Um, and it, it just hasn't worked. You know, as a move, it hasn't worked. You know, we're, we're in February now. You know, you could count on how many, you could count on one hand how many great games he's had. And, you know, he's had the injuries and stuff, which is frustrating for him and frustrating for us as a fan base. Um, but look, the injuries are, are certainly piling up. I think a lot of people wondering why we've signed so many players in January. We actually haven't signed that many players, but, you know, a lot, you know, there's a very lazy journalism of like, oh, they signed enough players in the summer. But if you look at our squad, it's absolutely Fred Bear. We, you know, we're, we're not in a situation where, we've really got players that we can just lean on and, you know, off the bench. I, I know maybe last night it was it was potentially just for the experience, but we brought on Alex Mighton, Ollie Hammond and, you know, a song off the bench. I mean, I, I'm not saying that they, you know, they came on because they're actually our depth, but it says a lot, doesn't it? That when they're, they're the three players you're bringing on. So, Losing Jesse now is a, is a massive blow and it, and it gives Steve Cooper a big headache going into Sunday. Not a good one either. We'll talk a little bit more about Sunday later on, but yeah, it, it is another blow and it depletes the Forest squad further. In the end, it was Emmanuel Dennis who came in to replace Lingard on the night and he was involved. I think he was tr- he was trying his best actually. I'd, I'd, certainly wasn't his worst game in a Forest shirt and a better performance than what he put in the last time he was at Old Trafford. He was involved, but before then, we look at the first chance that Forrest had, and it was Brennan Johnson, a big opportunity, in fact. He broke into the box in front of goal, and he left-footed, hit it straight at Tom Heaton, who made the save. When you're looking back at the replay, you, you want Johnson to roll that into one of the corners, don't you, and make it more difficult. Ah, uh, yeah. Look, I think he knows he should score. Um, you know, Heaton say Heaton saved it's probably quite kind to Heaton in a way, wasn't it? Because <laughs> I think he just stood there and it hit him. I mean, but look, Bre- Brennan's finishing has been 
just it's just been a bit inconsistent. It's not that you know, like he he's an excellent finisher. You know, we, we've seen plenty of times this season. He's an excellent finisher. The, the finish against Leicester recently was, you know, it's a brilliant finish. So he gets into that position. I don't think there's anyone else on the pitch that you probably want in a Forest shirt in that position. But yeah, look, it was a big chance going begging. And look, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that that goes in and the gate and the, the ties back open. But you know, you go one nil up. And there's a bit of doubt then, isn't there? The Man United players they may be thinking like, oh, hang on a minute, like. You know, they've gone one up at, uh, you know, Old Trafford. You know, maybe it's not over yet. It, yeah. Of course it was, but you, you just don't know, do you? And no. you, know, you, you don't get many chances against Man United away. And he should score, really. And Forrest needed that first goal just to make something of the tie again. And yeah, added a little bit of jeopardy. You don't know how United would have reacted, but just to make it a little bit uncomfortable for them, you get that first goal... Who knows, you might get a second and then suddenly the whole mentality of the game can change. Forrest did have another chance shortly after. Dennis, his goal-bound effort was blocked by Sam Surridge. It was Johnson who'd got away down the right-hand side, put the ball into the box. Dennis goes to place it rather than putting his foot through it and tries to steer it towards the far corner, but... Sam Surridge is in the way, it's blocked, and the chance goes begging. Yet again, another example of where Forrest just haven't been able to put the ball in the United net. Yeah, um, I, I, it's it's a tough one. Um, yeah, I, I think that when you get those chances, when you get in a situation to, to score goals, you I, I, I'm I'm struggling for the words more because I find it just very frustrating at the minute that there's games where you just you look back on the big moments and you just think that it needs to be a little bit better and I and I think that home and away and you know maybe I'm harsh but home and away against United we didn't do well enough I, I think that they're clearly a better team than us they clearly should be beating us but in both legs in both games we showed enough to sort of go. Well, actually, you know, we can we can get a goal past them. You know, we can make it difficult for them. And I don't think we made it difficult enough. But when you're missing your big chances, you, you can't make it difficult for another team. They got let off so many times in both legs. They were by far the better team United in both games. But they got let off last night. You had two big chances in the first half. You know, we had you know chances, a few chances second half, obviously less, to be fair. And they've got to go in. You look back at the first leg if you want as well. The first leg, we've had big chances. Surridge's offside goal where he, he really should keep himself onside. You know, he's, he, we've we've had the chances in both legs and I think you come out a little bit frustrated that we just didn't take them. Yeah, and United nearly went up the other end and scored just before half-time. Anthony playing the ball back to Casemiro. His cross found... Weghorst in the middle and he headed it but it was came back out off the post and the score was nil-nil at half time now the second half I don't think Forrest quite had the same threat about them I, I don't remember them forcing Heaton into a save until very late on and changes were made by Steve Cooper you mentioned some of the players who came on Mighton and Hammond and I think that did affect 
Forest's momentum somewhat and, and their shape. Um, but let's have a quick look at the United goals. So Garnacho initially forced a save from Hennessy in the second half and then Hennessy stopped a low effort from Casemiro. And then between them, Gustavo Scarpa and Alex Maiten gave the ball away. I think they were trying to do a nice little link up. It didn't quite come off. United broke away. The ball with Anthony Martial, he fed Rashford in that position, sort of from the left-hand side of the penalty area. Took the shot. It was blocked. I think it was Scott McKenna who actually got a decent block on it, but the ball popped up to Martial in front of goal and he swept home. And again, United's quality, they took the chance when it came along, but from a Forest perspective, I think we're disappointed with the way that one's played out, aren't we? Yeah, scrappy goal. Very scrappy goal. Um, you know, I think from our end, obviously, we, we you know, Forest were attacking our end in the second half. And the, you mentioned Mighton there. When Mighton's got the ball, we're screaming at him, just go for it. You're one-on-one. Worst that can happen is he takes the ball off you. But you're one-on-one. You're quick. Knock it past him and see what happens. Have a go at him. See what happens, right? But it was a fear. There was a fear in him. And I understand the fear, by the way. You know, he's been on loan at Sheffield Wednesday, not really getting a game at Sheffield Wednesday. Then he comes on for Forest against Man United. And you know, do you know what I mean? Like, you, you get that he's going to have that. You get that he's going to have that fear. And maybe he's just lacking confidence and lacking belief at the minute. And, and I, I'd understand that. But he, get, he takes the ball, he turns around and goes backwards. We then lose the ball. And... That leads to the goal. Not Alex Martin's fault, at, you know, at all. There was there was a certain degree of fortune for the goal for Man United, and it was scrappy. But it's little moments like that. You just a bit more confidence from Martin just to try and take the player on, even if he loses it, it doesn't matter. Um, and you know, you, you sort of don't get hit on the counter attack. But it's a theme of the night, really, for United. I think second half they were much better at it than they were first half. You know, Forest trying to go forward a little bit, and United just you know really really hurting us on the break, but. You mentioned Martial and Rashford. Ultimately, those the subs that Man United made just completely changed the game. You know, they brought Rashford on, they brought Martial on, uh, Jadon Sancho, which, look, say what you want, I was happy to see Jadon Sancho back. You know, he's a lot of pro- personal problems and all that sort of stuff. It's nice to see him playing football again. He was a terrific player there. But I was quite happy to see Garnacho go off for those subs, mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I think he was, by, I think he's one of the best players on the night. But, when you've got Marcus Rashford that you can bring on and Antonio Martial that you can bring on against tied defenders, it's not that surprising, is it really? No, it's it's just that level, isn't it, that we're up against that essentially three international players can come off the bench in a game like that, which the game when the tie was more or less won from Man United's point of view. They're bringing on international players and our substitutes are, with respect to them, academy kids who don't have anywhere near as much experience as those kind of players that were on Man United's bench. And it is these top six teams do operate at a different level. And even when you're in the same league as them, in many ways, you're not in the same league as them. It it is what it is. A few minutes later, United made it 2-0. This one was really created by Bruno Fernandes. His outside of the boot cross to the back post. It's... Rashford, who's there, he's allowed to knock the ball across. And likewise, Fred's allowed to have the freedom of the penalty area to knock the ball himself over the line from three yards out. And 
I think it's Aurier who's at the back post and he's in the vicinity of Rashford, but he doesn't get near him. The ball comes across and it's, again, another scrappy goal, isn't it? Another frustrating one. Yeah, it's not good defending. Um, I think that the theme of both legs was giving away poor goals, um, especially these two, you know, last night. But, look, I, I think there's an element of the second goal where, you know, we saw, we collapsed a little bit after the first goal. Heads have dropped. You know, at nil-nil, the players looked a little bit more confident to sort of go, you know what, we're not going to win the tie, but imagine the confidence we can get by coming to Man United and getting a draw or or, or beating them, you know, 1-0 or something like that. You know, the unbelievable amount of confidence you come away with. But I, 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 as I said, I just think maybe they collapsed. You know, it's, it's poor defending. It's a very, you know, sloppy goal again. And I think you've just got to hope that against maybe slightly lesser opposition than Man United, you don't make those same mistakes because we really can't afford to. Just before we wrap up this game, finally, Forrest did have a chance late on to score. Danilo broke through, hits a powerful left-footed shot. First time at Tom Heaton. He palmed it away. It went to Sam Surridge, who is sort of running away from goal. He's on the back foot a bit and he, he blazes it over the bar and and the chance goes begging. Not that it would have made much of a difference, but I think over the two legs, Forrest certainly deserved a goal, if not at least two or three, with the chances they created over the 180 minutes. But again, just that finish wasn't there when it was needed. But just to wrap up here, Adam, were you happy with Forrest's approach on the night at Old Trafford and how they went about it, given the position they were in coming into this game? Oh, absolutely. I, I Look, First off, I think we really put a decent... I, I think I put in our group chat, I think we put a de- really decent performance in. You know, a proper away performance. When you come in somewhere where you're not fancied, you know, we let Man United have the ball. You know, we let them have the ball. They didn't do an awful lot with it until the Vegas chance, you know. So, and and I think you could you could definitely argue. I mean, you could make a, a solid case that we had the better chance in the first half. We let Man United have the ball and we just caught them. You know, we, we caught them on the ball sometimes or... We'd catch them on the break and, you know, we'd break away with, you know, the pacey players that we had on the pitch. So, look, I, I was more than happy with the way that we set up. Um, second half, I, I I don't think you can say a lot about the second half, really. I think that they brought on their big guns. You know, we, we just couldn't deal with the players they brought on. Uh, I, I think it was as simple as that. We made changes that disrupted the flow and the rhythm. And to be fair to Steve Cooper, and the one thing I want to say about the substitutes he made, a lot of people were slating it in the ground. Ollie Hammond and, you know, a song and Alex Mighton, that's a memory that they'll have for the rest of their life. I, I, I would imagine that if I'm on a Ollie Hammond today, I'm, I'm ordering a, you know, I'm ordering a frame for my shirt and I'm putting that up in my house. You know, that's, hmm. it's a big moment for all three of those lads. And I, I think they all deserve it. Um, they, they've, they've showed, you know, fantastic attitude, you know, to, you know as being Forest players. So, with the ties over, you know, give them the minutes, give them a run out at Old Trafford away in the semi-final of the cup competition. I didn't see a problem with that at all, really. So let's hear now the opposition view on this game. It's over to Stephen, our Manchester United fan. Firstly, I thank you to the uh, Forest uh, fans for getting our seats upgraded. Obviously, get a better uh, ticket allocation uh, in cup games. And we normally sit at the top two of these, stand up in the nosebleeds. 
behind the goal. We were upgraded to the uh, to the north stand there, and we actually got decent seats, and we were, certainly saw much more of the game than we used to. Managed to get both halves in, so thank you for Forrest for that. Um, I think from um from a United standpoint, we obviously went into the game three 0 up. We're obviously feeling that we're uh, we're in a good position there. I know we've dropped points recently against Arsenal and Palace, and that was a real blow. It's sort of any 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 hint of a title challenge is sort of faded away there. Um, but we we're obviously in a, our opportunity to get to Wembley for the first time in a while here, and, and hopefully win something. So we were obviously going to play a full strength team. Um, but you know we've lost Ericsson in from the Reading game. That's going to be a real blow for most of the season. Now we're not going to have him. Um, but we certainly played a full, a reasonably full strength team against you guys. Even though we're obviously bearing in mind we've got fixtures in the league that are important to us as well. Um, there is still an intensity about United at, at the moment that that Ted Harag's brought in, and and most teams just can't live with it. And I think that was an issue for you tonight. We were we were really high energy still. Uh, and you guys were happy happy to play deep, and and I understand that, especially playing playing at Old Trafford, uh, and as en- eventually we just ground you down, and then when we brought on the the pace with Marshall and Rashford, I think that caused you issues as well. Um, it was um it was actually a much better performance I felt from Forest this time around than it was in the the game in between Christmas and New Year. You looked a little lethargic there. There was more energy about you. Uh, you were up for it. You created two good chances in the game, and if they'd have gone in, you never know what would have happened. If I'm being honest, and I think that actually three 0 in the first leg was somewhat flattering to United. Uh, I know there was a late goal from Fernandez there, but you know you you were good in that first leg, and you know Gibbs White in particular, which was a big blow for him to be injured again for this for you. Um, you you looked really good in that first leg, and three 0 wasn't particularly a flattering result for you. I know, but it overflattered United. Um, Lingard getting injured in the warm up here is obviously an issue for you guys. I mean, you keep signing players though. Um, you know, another busy transfer window for you. The big one I think for you guys is is bringing in Navas, Henderson being injured now, and Hennessy probably doesn't look up to it. But that's a real plus for you there, and I do I do think you've got enough about you to to stay up. Um, and uh, and you know, and you've got some good you good players in the books now, and you can see that you know what the manager's trying to do for you guys is sort of falling into place. You're playing really good football, albeit it was a lot to ask coming to Old Trafford to overcome a 3-0 deficit. I would mention, I thought your fans were excellent, in good voice, singing away. Uh, I, th- I think I might have even heard at the beginning of the game, they're gonna, you're going to win 4-3, which has made us all chuckle a little bit, but good bit of banter between the between the, uh, between the fans, I think. Although Old Trafford was reasonably flat, it sometimes can be, unfortunately. Uh, but you guys brought it to life with the... With, um, with your uh, noisy ruckus lot, so fair play for bringing the away fans and numbers. Um, United into a final. Obviously, you know the two goals were was as you can see there. I do think that um, the ref didn't give us much more, and I was screaming for two penalties. Um, when I've looked at them again today, I actually don't think there were penalties. Although you know a fair result, we deserve to win the game. I would deserve to go to the final. Um, big big effort for United here. Not won anything in a while now. Getting to a final in Ted Hagen's first season is a big one. Last time we played Newcastle in a final in '99, and I was there then. And I hope to uh, get tickets this time and go and see if we can bring some uh, some silver home. But again, all the best to Forest. Uh, I think you did. I think you're uh, you you playing productive football and you've got good intent there. And I do think with the signings you brought, you'll stay up. Uh, I look forward to seeing you again next season. The 1865 Match Report. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Thanks, Stephen. And now it's time for the latest Forest news. And it's over to Callum Castell. Hi, this is Callum with the 1865 News. Um, transfers, incomings and outgoings. We had the deadline day drama uh, all over the place. Um, so we had John Joe Shelby come in, pretty drama-free, as well as Felipe from Atletico. Um, a lot of drama with Kalor Navas. Um, he was coming, then he wasn't, then he was coming again. And we ended up wrapping him up and he is here to stay on loan. Um, in the last few hours, Andre Ayew has been confirmed as well, and he's been included in the 25-man squad, someone who used to work with Steve Cooper at Swansea. Um, and then we had some outgoings. We had well, we had Brandon Aguilera's loan change. I think he's gone to Estoril now. Um, we had Atif Kanate out to Oxford on loan, and then Jordan Smith to Huddersfield on loan, as well as Billy Fuster to Scunthorpe on loan. Um, Harry Toffolo to Anderlecht fell through in the final hour, as did Lewis O'Brien to Blackburn, which has left a little bit of questions over the 25-man squad. It sounds like he could still be included, Lewis O'Brien, but it also sounds like Blackburn are appealing the deal with the EFL as well, trying to get that loan move back up and running. Um, we've had some bad news again with injuries. Gibbs White and Lingard both injured in the last few games, which leaves a long list now of Awanyi, Gibbs White, Biancone, Henderson, Koyate, Niakate, Richards, Yates and Lingard at the moment. So that's why reinforcements were brought in through January. Um, there were goals for Dale Taylor and Emberso on their... Um, Dale Taylor's was on his debut and Emberso was in his second game for Gwingamp. And uh, Dean Henderson was voted player of the round for the Carabao Cup quarterfinal. So congratulations to him. Thank you very much. And I'll be back again with the news soon. Thanks, Callum. So Forrest made a number of deadline day signings before the window closed. They weren't quite as busy as they were in the summer. But nevertheless, Forrest made a number of notable signings on deadline day, Adam. and. We'll come to the big standout one a little bit later, but working through them in order, the first one to arrive through the door from Atletico Madrid is Felipe, the defender, vastly experienced. He's 33 years old, comes with plenty of La Liga and Champions League minutes under his belt, under Diego Simeone. So I think he he could be the kind of no-nonsense S-house that we're looking for at the back. And he joins on an 18-month deal. Uh, What are your thoughts on Felipe? I'm absolutely buzzing for it, to be honest. You know, I've I've watched him so many times for Atletico Madrid. I've watched him for Porto. I think he's a really, really good centre-half. Can never forget what he did to Phil Foden last season. But, look, I, I think that's what we need. We need someone at the back and, obviously... We can't swear on here, but you know, you know the words that you'd use for this man. Like, you know, a lot of Atletico Madrid fans just say he's horrible. He's an horrible footballer. He'll he'll really get amongst strikers, you know. He's something we don't have at all. And and, and I'm probably getting a bit excited thinking about Felipe and Neocarte as a as a centre back partnership. And I really hope that, that does happen at some point this season. 
But yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy for this one. I think it's a really good signing. Another Brazilian international or ex-Brazilian international. We're getting quite a collection of them now, and I think him coming in as a centre half is is quite important because we we are still conceding goals. We probably do need more top level experience in the back line. So I think on the whole, that's that's a very wise move and a, a good signing that Forrest have made. Second one to arrive on deadline day, one that we knew about really for a couple of days in the lead up, but finally confirmed in the final hours of the transfer window. John Joe Shelby joining from Newcastle, midfielder and a player who, again, has vast experience, 270 Premier League appearances over the best part of a decade with Swansea, Liverpool, Newcastle. I personally am very happy with this signing. I think some people might look at him and think, well, he's not been playing at Newcastle so much, so is he on the way down? But I think he could be a really clever signing from Steve Cooper and Forrest. The the question of John Joe Shelby's never been ability, has it? Right? I, I think that that's a fair statement to make. It's never been ability with John Joe Shelby. He's clearly a gifted footballer. You know, on the ball, his passing range is ridiculous. I love how he snaps into a challenge. I love how he's tenacious and wants to win every ball. And I listened to his interview and this is exactly what he said. He was going to fight and fight for every ball. And he's that sort of player. What's concerned a lot of fans is probably the injury record, uh, which is fair. You know, I get it. But I saw someone post a really good comparison, actually. It was the, the post John Joe Shelby's injury record next to Kevin De Bruyne's injury record, as an example, and said, realistically, he's not he's not injury prone. Shelby, it's not like he's getting injured every, you know, every couple of months. He's not, you know, he's not far off coming back. If we can keep him fit up to the end of the season, great. There's, there's a, there's a player that I really like in there. There really is. It shows you where Newcastle fans just were quite gutted. And, you know, the Newcastle fan base were quite gutted that he was leaving. The only thing I don't like about this deal, if I'm being completely honest, cards on the table, is probably the length of contract. Because Thirty years old. Signing a two and a half year deal, I think I, I'd imagine that deal was on the table purely because of, you know, is it uh, that that's how you get him out of Newcastle? You give him guaranteed money for two and a half years. I get it, but I just think maybe it's a bit too long of a contract, maybe a bit too long of a deal. But I think other than that, I'm happy with the player, and fingers crossed, we keep him fit. Where do you see him fitting into the Forest midfield? Would he take Ryan Yates's role or maybe Froiler's? Where do you think he'll be best deployed? Uh, he doesn't start for me. I think it's probably fair for me to say. Um, I still think that, you know, I, I like John Joshelvi as one or two things, either a deep line playmaker or um, a, a number eight with a bit of license to move. Um, he's that sort of player for me. We don't know what's happening with Yates here, of course. Um, in the current midfield setup, I think maybe he gets in. Um, with Danilo and Froiler, for me, I, I don't think you take out the team. I, I I wouldn't want to see Danilo or Froiler for a league game not start. Froiler, by the way, was immense against Man United. Yeah, you definitely can't take Froiler out for Shelby. So, but that's what you want, though, is it? Is it not? Is it, you want a bit yeah. of competition for places? You don't want Shelby just to walk in. You want him to sort of struggle to get in the side a little bit, have to be patient. Because then when he gets in the side, he'll want it more, won't he? Yeah, 
And there is that, we've spoken about it in this match report, that depth that Forrest didn't have at Old Trafford. Players like Shelby now are going to give them that depth, particularly when there are injuries and players even still finding their feet in, in the Premier League and the likes of Danilo. So I think, again, it's it's another sensible signing from Forrest and he's a kind of player who you probably can bring on with 30 minutes, 20 minutes left and help you see out a game using the ball wisely and just taking the sting out of things in midfield. The third signing on deadline day and probably the most high profile, dare I say, of the of the century for Forrest, Kaylor Navas, the Costa Rican goalkeeper, multiple Champions League winner, joining on loan from Paris Saint-Germain until the end of the season. Now, we assume that this is covering Dean Henderson's injury for the foreseeable and it could well be for another couple of weeks yet. We don't know how far away Dean Henderson is from returning from injury because this one, as Callum alluded to in his news roundup earlier, this deal was on and off. It had been mentioned a few times that Navas could be on his way. He's interested. Things have been agreed between the player and club, but now PSG, there's a a holdup at their end. And then right towards the end of deadline day, Navas is announced and he's a red. Can you get your head around this one, Adam? Because I'm struggling, to be honest. No, I mean, look, it's it's really funny, this one, because you know when we were linked with him, you go on Twitter and people are like, oh, we don't need him, we don't need Navas, we've got Anderson and all this sort of stuff. As soon as he signed, the whole opinion changed. <laughs> it was people posting pictures of him with the Champions League and all this sort of stuff. And look, listen, let, let's let's get the facts out there. He's a multiple-time winning Champions League goalkeeper. He's currently, before joining us, one of the biggest clubs in the world. And let, you know, let's have it right. Donnarumma wasn't just playing every game. Navas had his fair share of games at PSG still. You know, it was very surprising, in my opinion, that they were actually willing to let him go. But he's a top, top goalkeeper. And I, and I reckon you could say, what, 18 months, two years ago, he's probably in the top five or ten goalkeepers in world football. You know, when he's coming through the doors at, at Forest. Now, I, I, I've said my sort of my feelings on this one on Twitter. You know, I'm sure there was there was a little snippet of me, you know, in the last episode talking about this. But you go look at it, facts and figures and numbers in a very sensible way. In the summer, Dean Henderson will be leaving Man United. We know that. That's not that's not speculation, is it? He, he will be leaving Man United, right? They're gonna want. I would say, because he's English, so he fits the homegrown quota. So I would argue Man United probably want about £40 million to sell into a Premier League club. Might be less abroad, but they want £40 million to sell into a Premier League club. I would imagine about that price. Kaylor Navas is a short-term option at 36. He's only just turned 36, but he's a short-term option. However... His contract runs out of PSG in the summer. He's already said his goodbyes. He won't be going back to PSG. You sign him on a one-year deal in the summer. You know, his wages are his wages, fine. But you sign him on a one-year deal, should we stay up? It's going to cost you over the year with his wages, you know what, whatever it costs. It won't cost anywhere near the amount of Henderson. And that then gives you money to spend elsewhere. 
It plugs up a position for a year and it gives you money to spend elsewhere. It's not all about going all in for players that we, you know, we fall in love with as a fan base. You know, I, I love Dean Henderson. And if the price was right, I'd bring him back. But Kelo Navas likes him not in Germany settles here and he really kicks on for five, six months now. He definitely gets a contract here and he's a much cheaper alternative to than Henderson. That's quite a convincing argument, actually, Adam. I think to um just to have a player of his caliber at Forest is something which has happened probably a few times even in our history, going back to the European Cup winning days. You know, it's those kind of profiles of players just don't come to Forest normally. And to think 18 months ago, we were sat rock bottom of the championship and struggling to potentially even stay in that division and not go down to League One before Steve Cooper came in. Where we are now, it's just a phenomenal transformation. And and we've just got to savour every moment and enjoy the these kind of calibre of players coming in. The story is that Navas will train with Forrest for the first time on Friday and will make his debut against Leeds on Sunday. I, for one, can't wait to see him in a Forest shirt. He's been one of my favourite goalkeepers of the last 10 years. And, yeah, cannot wait to see him come out onto the city ground pitch and, and be in nets for us. Uh, look, I think that we need to realise that we're, you know, we're shopping in a different category now. You know, we're just, we're shopping in a different shop. You know, we used to shop in Poundland, we're in Waitrose now. You know, like that, that's as simple as that. <laughs> There's no, there's no bargain basement signings now. You know we're signing good footballers, we're signing good players, and to sign a, a player of now as pedigree and caliber is, it's quite ridiculous, really. And that's probably the word to use. It's ridiculous that we've signed him. You know, I remember when Julian Cesar went to QPR. This reminds me a lot of that. Do you know what I mean? Like a, a big, big name coming to you know a team sort of towards the bottom of the league, but. I, I don't really know how we've pulled it off. Um, it surprises me that no other club went in for him. But I suppose your goalkeeping position is a position that you realistically have sewn up, don't you? I mean, you're probably not really. Yeah. You know, but surely Le- you would have thought Leicester, maybe. You're know, using a Premier League example. Do you not think Leicester would have wanted Kaylor Navas? Or do you know? It surprises me that there wasn't more interest in the player, but I'm just happy that we've got him. And not to be Debbie Downer, I'd imagine that Henderson's injury is probably a little bit worse than what we think it is. I, I think that talks for going back for Fulham game, I think uh, quite wide of the mark. You know, I, I think he's probably looking more towards middle of March, early April, before Henderson's back in contention, really. You'd imagine so, anyway, wouldn't you, with, with this, such a big goalkeeper signing? And I think from Forrest's point of view, it makes sense to get the best that you can in that position because of where we are in the league. Navas could be worth a few points between now and the end of the season. Would you have that same assurance from Wayne Hennessy? I'm not so sure. I think he's a an able backup. But for our position that we're in, we want to stay in the Premier League and keep this going. And having somebody like Navas in goal is potentially a major boost to our chances of staying up. We'll see, of course, if he does make his debut against Leeds on Sunday. But while we've been recording, Forrest have made another signing and it's Andre Ayew, a player who Steve Cooper knows very well. 
had him at Swansea. He's 33 years old, a striker who was available on a free transfer following his recent departure from Al Sad. And he signed a deal until the end of the season. He's the captain of Ghana, of course, a player who I think when first linked raised some eyebrows. People think, well, is he somebody who, again, is on his way down a bit and perhaps not as good as he was a few years ago. But I think with this one, we've got to trust Steve Cooper, haven't we? He knows him well from Swansea. He scored 35 goals in 84 appearances under Cooper for the Swans. So I think it is. I think it's another signing where we trust the process. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I tweeted out very similar earlier. If Steve Cooper wants a player, then yeah, I'm, I'm happy for them to join Forrest. It's, it's as simple as that for me. Are you as a Steve Cooper signing? You know, it's it's obvious to me. But what I've, 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 I've sort of had a bit of time to think about it. It was only been announced about an hour ago, but it's also... You know, it's been, it's been rumbled on all day, hasn't it? So I've had a bit of a think about it and I've sort of looked at it and gone, you know what? If Lingard's injured again, we don't know how severe the, you know, the Gibbs-White injury is. We don't have a clue how long Aaron he's going to be out for. You know, is it a bad thing to have someone that's got real Premier League experience and, um, you know, knows the manager, knows a couple of players? He obviously played with Gibbs-White at Swansea. So, yeah, you know... Is it a bad thing to have him round for six months? No, of course not. I mean, what's what's the worst case scenario of the IU signing? You know, he plays two or three games. He's awful in all of them. And, you know, he leaves in the summer. That's the worst case scenario. Best case scenario, he comes in and scores five or six Premier League goals that could make the difference towards the end of the season. You know, 15, 20 minutes left in the game when everyone's sort of fit. Look at the bench. Oh, we need an option off the bench. Ayu's not a bad option at all. But he's exactly that. He's a squad player. He's a rotational player, I'd imagine. I wouldn't be shocked if he started on Sunday, just purely because of the injury crisis we've got at the minute. It wouldn't shock me if he started on Sunday. Um, but, yeah, it's a good signing. It's a clever signing for me. Does it concern you, though, that he's been playing in Qatar most recently? Not really. I, I think that, you know, it's funny with the Qatar one because he scored 20 goals in 30 games. <laughs> it's obviously it's not the level, is it? Of course, it's not the level. But, you know, there's still a good player there. You know, he, he was released from Swansea, but the reason wasn't due to his ability. It was due, it was due to finances. It was due to everything else. There's a, there's a lot around it. Um, and Cooper really likes the player. Cooper can get a lot out of him. I remember the, him in the championship playing against us. He was a nightmare. One of the best players in the championship a couple of years back. Yes, he's 33, but like I say, it's a six-month contract. It's a very much a no-risk transfer. I, I will just say quickly that I feel I feel a lot for Lewis O'Brien, though, because Sinai looks like it's going to mean that O'Brien won't be in the 25-man squad. I don't know what's happened with the Blackburn transfer, but it's farcical that it's not gone through. It's frustrating for the player. It's frustrating for... And we don't know whose fault it is. There's a lot of people saying it's Blackburn's fault. They had their opportunities and that, but you just got to feel for the player, haven't you? You know, he now can't play football to the end of the season. It's frustrating for him, I can imagine. Yeah, I know. I've always felt that O'Brien's got something to offer. I was impressed with him when he first joined and some of his performances early in the season before he picked up his illness. There's 
clearly a player with ability there and something to offer. So I hope that doesn't mean it's the end of his Forest career on a permanent basis. Obviously, if the Blackburn loan can go through, that will be good for him to go back into the championship, play some regular football and see where we are in the summer. Just very quickly on to player outs. Harry Toffolo, a protracted loan move to Anderlecht, which by the looks of it hasn't gone through. And ironically, Anderlecht are complaining to UEFA that the transfer hasn't gone through. Well, uh, you're not going to get much sympathy from the red side of Nottingham, put it that way. And confirmed outs anyway, Jordan Smith's gone on loan to Huddersfield until the end of the season. And Billy Fuste's gone on loan to Scunthorpe United. Atif Kanate on loan to Oxford. The, I mean, these are moves really, which it just makes sense. So they're getting, getting game time for players who aren't going to get it at Forest. I, I think out of the ones you've just mentioned there, I'm really excited for Atif Kanate going to Oxford. I, I really hope that he goes and tears it up because there's a player there. There's a really, really good player there. So be nice to see him go out and get you know some good minutes under his belt. Obviously, Aguilera has gone to um, Estill, was it, in, in Portugal? Um, yeah. That's a, that's a good move for him as well. You know, young kid, very highly rated, testing himself in Europe for the first time. Big, big move for him. If he has a good six months there, who knows? Maybe he's back in the fray next season, you know, in our squad. But it's, it's exactly what you want to do. You want to get young kids loaned out, don't you? Um, I was hoping for Cafu's sake that he'd get a move um, on Trent and Deadline Day because he's a player that I've got a lot of time for. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get his move. Obviously, Lyle Taylor didn't get his move either. We knew he was linked with a few clubs on deadline day. Unconfirmed reports about Harry Arter has left the club, but we don't know. It's not guaranteed. But, yeah, look, a couple of players out, nothing major. Toffolo's a weird one for me. If I'm on it, I don't... The report is that Forrest pulled the plug. And if that's the case, fine. I would imagine if we've pulled the plug, then Omar Richards isn't as close back as he seems. That that's what I would take from that. Again, that's Forrest covering their options and, and just making sure that should any injuries occur, they've got cover in those positions. And again, I don't think Toffolo's let anybody down too much while he's played. He's probably not quite up to sort of top 10 Premier League standard, but I think he can do a job if required. So I don't mind him sticking around. But yeah, I think overall, looking back on Forrest's January transfer window, They've done some very decent business and some really exciting players have come through the door. Players who could make the difference to Forrest staying in the Premier League and avoiding relegation. So I'm just excited to see how they come in and perform. So before we finish, let's take a quick look ahead to Forrest's next game. Leeds United at home on Sunday afternoon, 2pm kickoff, Adam a lot riding on this. In many ways, it's a six-pointer because Leeds are down towards the bottom and struggling. And if Forrest can win this one, it opens up more of a gap again between them and the bottom three and certainly that bottom seven. From a Forrest point of view, it's a game they've got to try and win, isn't it? Well, it's a must-win game. It's an absolute must-win. Like, you're looking at the table, I'm probably thinking, what, four or five wins, a couple of draws gets you it. You've got to play Leeds at home, Southampton at home, Everton at home. You know, 
a lot of teams down there that you've still got to play at the city grounds. They're the games you've got to win, ultimately. You know, we've got to beat Leeds. There's no if, buts or maybes for me. Be interesting to see who we've got back. Interesting to see what sort of team we put out. But yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's a must win. You know, you've got Leeds, Leeds at home and then you've got Fulham away, City at home and West Ham away. That's three tough games that you, you struggle to get a lot out of those three games. It just makes the Leeds game so much more important. And it promises to be a game which the fans are going to get behind the team. I, th- I think the atmosphere is going to be big on Sunday because everybody knows what's at stake. Hopefully Forrest can back that up with a performance and another three points in the bag and another step towards Premier League safety. Thanks, Adam. We'll leave it there. Thank you to Stephen, our Manchester United fan, to Callum for our news roundup and to you, listener, for joining us for this match report. We will be back with our report after the Leeds game on the weekend. So make sure you join us for that one. And until then, thank you for listening and goodbye. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.